Hey everybody, I'm Robert. And I'm Chris. And we're the Film Flamers. We're kicking off 22 with our regular Shooting the Flames episode where we discuss all the latest horror news, trailers, and obviously your comments and questions. That's right. And uh, before we get into all that, can we talk about what 2022 is doing our celebrities? What the fuck? I mean, they're dropping like flies. Really? So, uh, Anne Rice, obviously at the end of the year, right. before 2022, but she was the Herald as, you know. Mm-hmm. She would want to be, I'd, I'd assume. Yes. And then we got Betty White. That's right. Who I was reading today is apparently, well, was apparently older than Martin Luther King and Anne Frank. Like, if they were still alive, oh. they would be 93. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, she made it a long time. And she was almost 100. So she was she could have babysat for Anne Frank <laughs> and Martin Luther King. She probably would have kept Anne Frank a lot safer than what she was. Oh my god, yeah, I mean, Betty White on New Year's Eve, like, okay, talk about two different, like, heralds of things to come, Anne Rice and Betty White, Yeah, not a good way to end the year. And then Bob Saget. Bob Saget. I mean, I grew up watching Full House, you know what I mean? Same. And, I mean, I had an appreciation for Bob Saget. He was America's dad. That's right. So that was sad. That was sad. Sidney Poitier died. Poit- Poitier? Poitier. I was at Poitier. Poitier. Guess who's not coming for dinner? It's Meatloaf. <laughs> I already saw a meme today. I mean, he died today as of this recording. And I saw a meme that said, there's there's nothing worse than cold meatloaf. And I was just like, oh, too soon. Yeah, I, was, I saw the Fight Club memes coming out, too, yeah. with the, like, um, you know, remember Robert Paulson or whatever. Mm-hmm. My of course, mom. his name in that was Bitch Tits, but. <laughs> Tit Dirt? Um, it's a different Bob Saget joke. My mom loves meatloaf, so I know that she was a little upset this morning. Oh, the singer, okay. Yeah. Well, maybe the meal too, but the singer for sure. She's seen him in concert like three times. Well, we finally know that this is one of the things he is willing to do for love. So. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> and then finally, Louis Anderson. Which is sad, too. I mean, like, he sort of had a, a resurgence in his career a couple of years ago with Baskets, right? So, yeah, I and I don't know. I mean, it just seems like, seems like all these, like, high-profile, but, you know, older celebrities are kind of, like, dying left and right. Yeah. And I guess it's not surprising that happens every year, but it seems like the frequency is This is all much together, and I have to say, like, I wonder if it's... A little Omicron related, but I, uh, I mean, they said Betty White had nothing to do with COVID. They say that, so, and they said Bob Saga has nothing to do with drugs or alcohol. That's right. They say that, and Meatloaf had nothing to do with what he would or would have not done for love. But who knows? I guess either way. I mean, like it's the twenty first. We almost met him too, but then he broke right. his leg. I wonder if that was the beginning of the end. Oh my god! What a couple years ago at that yeah. horror convention, right? Where I was told to get his autograph and yeah. i was like oh i got time he'll be here all weekend and that first night he fell and broke his leg he clumsy <sighs> damn it i know i mean it's sad you know especially those first two i know that ann rice meant a lot to you and betty white certainly meant a lot to me and a Everyone. huge chunk of america sure. you know bob saget yeah so sad i mean 2022 stop it we've had enough now yeah. just let us have the rest of the year without having to mourn celebrities when i exclaimed bob saget after betty white died i wasn't trying to be prophetic <laughs> well look what you did <laughs> <sighs> So, yeah, obviously, we want no more of this. No. Well, you want to dive into Shooting the Flames? Sure, why not? All right. Well, we would start with reviews. 
But we have had a dearth. We've had a dearth of reviews as of late. But you know what? You can be the first person to review us in 2022. That's right. If you haven't reviewed us before. So just go over to Apple Podcasts or iTunes, leave us a five-star review, tell us why you like us, and we will read that review on Shooting the Flames. I also suppose we would read a bad review, but we'd be more excited for a good one. That's true. And we'd also read reviews from other places, but this is the way you can most help us. That's right. It really helps people find our podcast. Well, let's get into some comments. Okay. First up, we've got a voicemail from Kimberly. All right, let me hear it. Hey, guys, it's Kimberly. Uh, I don't know how I didn't know until now that you have an Instagram, but I just found it. And uh, I'm so happy to see your faces um, now, finally. And, uh, Robert, you have the most beautiful green eyes I have ever seen in my life. And, Chris, I am a sucker for a dark-haired man with a beard. But, alas, you that for the other team. Oh, well, a girl can dream. Bye. Do you have green eyes? Okay, my eyes are kind of hazel, so they switch between like green and brown and kind of bluish. Oh, so like a mood ring? Yeah, depending on my mood, I guess. But mm. I get green most often. But thank you. I really, really appreciate compliments of my visage. So. Your visage. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we do bat for another team. Actually, I catch for another team more often. Ooh. But. <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> a little bit of an overshare. <laughs> Why not? This is what we have a podcast for, okay. right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we followed you back on Instagram, Kimberly. So we're looking forward to seeing pictures of yourself and your dog and all the things that you want to share. So guys, you know, we, we mentioned our socials at the end of every episode, but we do have an Instagram account. So go over there and follow us on that. From our deep dive into Black Swan, George from Patreon said, what a great Black Swan episode. It was really good. The only downfall is I could listen to another hour of it. Which is good because I feel like we finished recording Black Swan and we were like, mm, like, did we did we talk too much? Did we ramble? And I, I mean, it's good that someone says no. No, right? we've gotten some good feedback from that episode and the next one, Annihilation, too. Good. Uh, but also from Black Swan, Dr. Joe, who's also a patron, said, going to have to go back and rewatch this one. I really liked it the first time I watched it. So reach out and let us know what you thought about that rewatch, Dr. Joe. Yeah. If you, if you haven't seen either Black Swan or Annihilation, go watch them. Yes, because they're both excellent movies. From our deep dive into Gremlins 2, Dev from Instagram said, love the artwork we used for the episode. Gremlins 2 is slowly becoming my favorite movie of all time. I still prefer the original because, duh, Christmas. But the sequel is brilliant. I feel like the new Scream is like Gremlins 2. Lol. I mean, I can see that just because like the new Scream is kind of... Muppety? Muppety and crazy. <laughs> so, I mean, there's some parts that are definitely like overly comedic. So, yeah. I get it. From our Flamers flashback episode on The Gate, Kimberly, obviously over on Patreon, said, I've never seen The Gate. Now that I know something bad happens to a dog, I most likely never will. Which is a shame, because it looks ridiculous and awesome. And I think bad things keep happening to the dog, too, or with the dog. That's right. It's not just one moment. It's several. <laughs> so, you're probably good if that bothers you. But... I think we will agree it is ridiculous and awesome. But it's also something we don't strongly recommend people go back and watch. No, so. I mean, you're safe. <laughs> From our deep dive into Annihilation, at Macabre Media Podcast said, Books better. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so funny because in that conversation, didn't you say your sister enjoyed the movie more than the book? Yeah, she actually watched the movie first, which okay. might have something to do with that, right? Expectation management. Yeah. And then she read the book and she didn't like it as much. So, I mean, I still want to go back and read the book. Maybe not just because of that 
comment. You know, I just, when anyone says that the movie's better, I'm super interested at how bad that book could possibly be. Yeah. So we do have a slew of questions this month. And the first one comes from Brandon. And he says, what horror movie of February 2022 are you most excited for? And which one looks like hot garbage? Moonfall could go either way. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'd rather it go either way, honestly, rather than just have another like three star movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would too. So... Um, I will say that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of sequel, I guess, and they're, they're retconning, you know, all the other sequels for this, um, could go either way as well, you know? Um, but kind of, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be hot garbage though. Uh, the movie that I would have said probably looks the most like hot, hot garbage has been moved to June and that's the black phone. So, okay. Yeah. I didn't know what was coming out in February. I had to go and search and I, I came up with this list, which of course is Moonfall, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which we just talked about, Ghost of the Ozarks, Last Survivors, The Long Night, Shut In, Kimi, Cosmic Dawn, Here Before, A Banquet, and The Devil's Light. Those probably are all cost streaming and theater and probably mostly streaming. But I, I don't know. I haven't even seen trailers for, for most of those, so I'm not sure. I, I'd have to say between Moonfall and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I guess, by default. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I think they're the, the, the biggest high-profile movies that are coming out in February. Right? And I was wondering if you actually meant uh, 2022. Um, and I made another list, like that includes like Morbius and of course the black phone that you said, Salem's lot, Halloween ends, Jeepers creepers reborn, dark harvest. We talk a lot about this in our year end review that came out Mm -hmm. uh, just last week. So, um, check out what our expectations are of these, but I think for both of us, it's going to be closer to Nope. Oh yeah. I think Nope is probably the movie I'm most excited for. Yeah. If not, then pray over on Hulu. So, okay. but yeah, like he said, you know, we we have our year end review. We talk at length about movies that we're excited for in 2022. So check that out. At Friday the 13th said, "What's one movie that you wish you could see again for the first time?" Oh my god, I don't know. I kind of love that question. And does uh, it have to any be a number movie? of them? You know, like um, maybe some of the ones that are recontextualized, like the second time you watch them. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but I don't know. I kind of enjoy them more being on the, you know, on the inside. It's that one movie like um, that I showed you with Leonardo DiCaprio and Shutter Island. Oh yeah, that was a really good movie. You know, this completely recontextualizes the second time you see it. You can never watch it again for the first time, right? From a horror movie standpoint, I feel like one of the movies that has scared me the most throughout my life and that I've shown multiple people is The Strangers. And I had a very singular experience watching that for the first time and you can never get that back. And so I, I feel like I would like to enjoy that movie for the first time and be just as scared as I was for the first time watching that movie. Yeah. Terrified is that way too. Yes. You mean, but these movies are kind of scary every time I watch them, but they are, but like the first time is special. Yes, that's right. Just, just terrifying. Like I can never watch the vigil again. You know what I mean? Like it's not going to be scary again. (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) Um, they gave us another question and it said, is there any movie that you have reviewed that you wish you could redo? No, it's all perfect. Yeah. All of our reviews are fine. Uh, I don't know. Like, I feel like there's some things that have come out about some movies that I wished, oh man, we should have put that in the the deep dive or maybe we should update or maybe we should go back and like do little, you know, update recordings, you know, kind of like edit ourselves and just update our deep dives as we go through. And maybe we should start doing that, but there's not really one total that I think was bad and that we could, should redo. I never thought that. No. And I, I thought some could either. be better or formatted better or something from our discussion, but never have I thought, well, we should completely re-record this, you and- know? I've been trying to think of a movie that we've either done a hot take on or a deep dive on where my 
opinion has changed significantly and I just can't think of anything, you know? I mean, there's, there's, there hasn't been a movie that I've disliked in the last several years that I've rewatched and said, okay, I, I like this movie now pre podcast. Yeah. Like we, we haven't done an episode or a deep dive on, um, as above, so below. Right. But <laughs> under the Paris, <laughs> under the Paris. So like the first time that we watched that movie, neither one of us really cared for it. I went back and rewatched it several years later and I now have a newfound appreciation. So, I mean, I think that's the most recent movie that's happened to me with, but, but outside of our hot takes, like deep dive, some of us watch these like multiple times. And so like, there's not really much chance for our opinions to change before we record. That's true. Now on the opposite end of the spectrum, there are some things that I'd love to revisit you know, like I love talking about Poltergeist. I love talking about Interview with the Vampire. I love mm-hmm. talking about a lot of these films. Knowing that we've already done them is kind of sad in a way because we can't, like we could, but I mean, we can't really go back and just like rehash Aliens or Poltergeist or, you know, Sunshine even. You know, yeah. some of our more popular episodes for interesting reasons. I'm not sure. I mean, you're right. I mean, we, we can't go back and talk about Poltergeist again because we did it already at length. You know what I mean? But you're right. I mean, like you get to a point in your podcast where you're like, oh, we, we've already talked about that one, even though it's one of your favorites and you have to just sort of move on. So, I mean, yeah. but yeah, I would I would talk about Poltergeist any day. I don't know. I might with our new format, the way we talk about things and, and having seen things like we've kind of cultivated a new eye at looking at horror movies in a kind of a different language yeah. of talking about them and kind of a shorthand as well with each other. Uh, we could go back to some of our beginning ones like Copycat and Suspiria and see how those episodes might turn out now. It'd be interesting. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're good. And plus, it's been many years. So, I mean, like we might have a difference of opinion, you know, about our feelings about the movie anyway. I don't know. George via Patreon said, catching up on bonus episodes. Now that I'm 100% caught up on all of your shows, I was wondering since this episode, if you watched Aronofsky's Mother, I saw it in theaters on opening day without knowing anything and purposefully not watching any trailers. Being a fan of his work, I was not only worried about what this movie could be, it paid off. I was knocked off my chair. I left the theater in awe and maybe even shaking a little bit. I can't say if I ever enjoyed a panic attack, but the one in this movie gave me in the last like 20 to 30 minutes minutes was wild it's one not unlike requiem for a dream or even black swan that has stuck for better or worse in my head anyway would love to know what you thought of it i left this movie telling everyone how great it was then started reading reviews hearing what others thought and i was really shocked how much it was shat on you can say that for any aronofsky film especially noah right because that was just automatically shot you know shat on without people watching it you know just because it had to do with the bible right which I think it's a underrated high fantasy, you know, Bible based movie, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but you know, I could say that for Requiem for a dream, it lives in my head and it's not living rent free. I can tell you that no, it definitely <laughs> has to pay something, but I have not seen mother and I want to, I liked mother. I thought it was good. I mean, I also feel it was unfairly shot on, but I, I really feel like just like any other Aronofsky movie, it's not for everyone. You no, know? I, it's, it's, you know, I'd love to see it. I, I, I already know the, the, the message. I know what it's about. Yeah. You know, I've read the synopsis and everything else. I feel like, unfortunately, it starred one of the most popular actresses of the time. And maybe still, you know, like people really love Jennifer Lawrence. And they went to see a movie that it probably wasn't meant for them for whatever reason. Oh, yeah. God, the whole Mockingjay crowd went to go see Mother and were shocked out of their pants. Yeah. So that's why we shot on. Well. We also know that why she was cast. So she was, she was fucking. <laughs> she was fucking the director. <laughs> 
I thought I think Mother's a really good movie. I think that people should go watch it. But again, like a lot of his other movies, it's kind of a one watch for me. You know, I'm I'm fairly certain that eventually on the film flamers, we will be talking about Mother. Yeah. So it will happen. We had one last question from at Itzumario. And he says, February is my birthday month. And I wondered if there was a film that you'd like to watch on your birthday or your favorite birthday related film. A birthday related film? God, I can't even think of one off the top of my head. To Jillian on her 37th birthday? I haven't seen that movie. I just Never heard know of the it. title. Jillian Anderson? <laughs> it's Michelle Pfeiffer, I think. Damn it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, I don't. There's not a movie I specifically like to watch on my birthday. No. Lord of the Rings. It's about a birthday. Is it? Yeah. His hundred his hundred and eleventh wait. It's eleven one. What is it? Let's say eleven one. It's his eleventy first birthday. <laughs> um I really enjoy a horror movie from the early eighties called Happy Birthday to Me. And it's incredibly violent. Like one of those straight to video kind of slasher movies. Okay. But no, I, there's not a movie that I particularly like to watch like on my birthday. If there's one that you watch on your birthday every year, I'm super interested to know what it is and why. So yeah, tell us, please. Maybe it'll be The Green Knight. It's also a birthday movie. Jesus is born. Now I have to pick one. I feel like God, <laughs> a birthday movie. <laughs> a, birth, a movie I want to watch on my birthday. It doesn't have to be about birthdays. It's just one that maybe just reminds me of my birth or my life. Alien. Still Magnolias. I don't know. Alien. Your birth would be Alien in 1979. That's right. Because my mom saw that when she was pregnant with me and yep. she wanted me out of her body after watching that movie. Eat some Mario. It's been selected. <laughs> Every year in September, I shall be watching Alien. <laughs> 1979. God, I'm old. Thanks for that question. <laughs> oh my God, Robert, we have a new patron. What? We do. Who is it? Wall Stretch. Wall Stretch. Welcome to the family. He also joined at the Film Flamer tier, so we have to add him to the others that we always shout out in Shooting the Flames, and they are... Ben. Dr. Joe. Lisa. Kimberly. Nikki. Penelope. And Wall Stretch. But especially... Wall Stretch. Wall Stretch. <laughs> Thank you very, very much for joining the family. We're so glad to have you. Uh, we're about to launch another poll for Hellraiser, and uh, you'll be able to take part in that and all of the bonus content we have over there on Patreon. That's right. Visit patreon.com slash shooting the flames to join the family and get all that content. Tell your wives. Tell your kids. Tell your husbands. <laughs> Hide your husbands. <laughs> From my green eyes. Horror News. So first up, we have a little news item, and it says, A Quiet Place. Pig filmmaker. <laughs> they mean the movie Pig, but when you say it. Pig filmmaker. Michael Sarnowski. Michael Sarnowski is directing a spinoff that will expand upon the franchise's universe of A Quiet Place, obviously. Right. And Deadline notes, not much more is known about this project other than it's not being a prequel, but rather a spinoff based on an idea from John Krasinski himself. And I'm glad that he is still a part of the process. Right. So he's coming up with the story and letting someone else like tell it. I think that's good. If there's going to be a threequel, I feel like he needs to direct it. Like, don't give it to somebody else. Yeah. And it's got to continue that story with, you know, because right now it's a kind of a cliffhanger. At the yes. End. Yeah. I want to know what happens to that family. Mm -hmm. Right. And clearly he's directing his wife. They already have a rapport. <laughs> so, I mean, continue to make the movies. Well, and I hope they had a rapport before they made the movie. <laughs> and it helped. I mean, but I mean, I really, really enjoyed both Quiet Place movies. If they want to expand on that universe, I'm totally here for it. So bring yeah. it on. 
And I hear that pig is really good. Yeah, it's about the truffle, truffle pig. Right. Nicholas Cage in one of his best performances. I'm, yeah, sure. <laughs> if that's possible, we'll see. I mean, we can go see his grave in New Orleans when we get there. It's already bought, built. Really? Mm-hmm. It's a little pyramid. That. Oh, my God. Yeah. We'll leave him some flowers. Put it on the list. <laughs> uh, next up, Ryan Johnson's Knives Out 2 is probably coming to theaters in late 2022. I think we mentioned this last week in our review episode of things we were kind of looking forward to, but we'll see. Uh, what's interesting to me is like I, I wasn't as big of a fan of it as I think most people were. I agreed. I liked it. Yeah. But um, Daniel Craig is back as Benoit Blanc or whatever the fuck his name was in that uh-huh. movie. And uh, a new ensemble cast, so a new mystery with a new family, I'm guessing, including Dave Bautista, Edward Norton, Jessica Henwick, Catherine Hahn, <laughs> Leslie Autumn Jr., Janelle Monet, Madeline Klein, and Kate Hudson. What the fuck with this cast? I know. <laughs> I will watch this movie just for that. Oh my God, yeah. And I think that's the reason why I wanted to see Knives Out in the first place, because that cast was pretty fucking stellar. Well, at this point, anything with Catherine Hahn. She was great in um, WandaVision. Yeah, I, I still need She's to watch her own spinoff now on Disney Plus. Is she really? Yeah, because that character was so it's popular. Like and she was so good in it. Yeah, I'm I'm totally down for Knives Out too. Again, I mean, like you said, I I liked it. I thought it was fine. You know, um, I didn't feel like there was much of a mystery to the mystery movie. Yeah. But I mean, like the acting was good. And I mean, it, it needed a, a smidge more snark. It needed a smidge more ready or not in it. Uh, agreed. You know what? Maybe <laughs> Ryan just move over and let Ryan Johnson make do. another screen movie and those brothers will come back and do the nice out sequel. <laughs> That's right. Just swapsies. Come on. <laughs> but keep the cast. Damn it. Did you say swapsies? I did. I said swapsies. <laughs> if you can say it. <laughs> Onesie, I can say swapsy. Well, one's a noun, and the other's I don't know what the fuck it is. <laughs> it's a verb. It's an adverb. I don't know. What I do know is that Apple TV is continuing Godzilla's adventures in a MonsterVerse show. Yeah, so following the thunderous battle between Godzilla and the Titans that leveled San Francisco and the shocking new reality that monsters are real, the Untitled series explores one family's journey to uncover its buried secrets and a legacy linking them to the secret organization known as Monarch. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of interested how they're going to do this. It's going to have a bunch of talking heads and then like a massive special effects extravaganza because those movies are expensive to make. Yeah. And they look like it. Destroying cities is, is just as expensive in special effects as it is doing in real life. So really? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that was totally believable. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe we should play. We might as well just do it for real. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I really enjoyed Kong Skull Island, you know, I liked, I liked, um, I did like Kong Skull Island more than I did Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, yes, that is correct. That is a, that's a a true statement. I did like Godzilla versus Kong and I, I did sort of like, you know, King of the Monsters or whatever with all the other monsters being born. I just wish they had felt, you know, I wish they had paid more attention to the monsters and I hope that this show would do the same thing. I wish they'd have a, have an active like group of actors that come back not just like stranger things girl or vera farmiga or whatever yeah you know i kind of wanted some of the the cast from um kong skull island brie larson remains as underrated in her acting career as she is exasperating in real life (laughs) (laughs) i mean can we just be honest though when we're watching movies about godzilla or king kong or any of these fucking monsters 
I don't give a shit about the people. Like, I don't care what they're trying to do, like linking a family legacy and uncovering buried secrets. I just yeah. want to see monsters destroyed. Exactly. Things. Like, what the fuck is the problem here? I mean, stop it. God, I want more of those tree spiders. That scared the shit out of me. I mean, and Kong Skull Island. I want to watch that movie again, you know? <laughs> so, I've only seen it once. Apple TV, you need to sell your show better and say, we're cutting all the people out of it and we're just going to have monsters destroying things and fighting each other. And I'll sign up for Apple TV. There you go. Hmm. Done. Next up, Joshua Jackson joins Lizzie Kaplan in a Fatal Attraction TV series <laughs> for Paramount+. Plus. Do you remember back when we did our deep dive on Fatal Attraction and we talked about there was like a failed TV show? So now they're doing it. They're doing it for real now yeah. with Joshua Jackson. It won't be ignored. <laughs> it shan't be ignored, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> The article goes on to say that the series explores the timeless themes of marriage and infidelity through the lens of modern attitudes towards strong women, personality disorders, and coercive control. Yeah, it, it looks like it's going to be a little bit more on the side of the woman in this case, which would be interesting to see. Which is good. Um, at the same time, it could have more of an equal kind of uh, more similar to maybe, hopefully, The War of the Roses or something. Yeah. Got another movie I need to see. I haven't seen that movie Again. in a long time either. I'm going to start making a list. Another list. <laughs> well, we've been talking about Kathleen, Kathleen Turner, Turner all day. All day. I, I want to see Undercover Blues and he's the Romancing the Stone. <laughs> V.I. Warshawski. Come on. She's great. Put her in this show. Um, Joshua Jackson. So, like, straight out of Dawson's Creek. Is that what <laughs> Kathleen this? Turner now in the show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I love Fatal Attraction so much. I'll watch this, I'm sure. Um, but I kind of have not high hopes. Can we just face facts that when people watch the Fatal Attraction TV show, they don't care about the people in it. They just want to see monsters destroying cities and fighting each other. <laughs> Stop making these shows. <laughs> Why don't we combine the Monsterverse show with the Fatal Attraction show? Oh my God, yes, please. So we'll have two things to watch. <laughs> I mean, that's what I want to see. I do want to see some family drama, but I want to see them fighting and then simultaneously worrying about whether or not their house is going to be destroyed by King Kong. <laughs> Which is more vicious and destructive? <laughs> Kathleen Turner or Godzilla? <laughs> Find out next episode. <laughs> Like, I want to talk about your infidelity, but we have to go because Godzilla's really close. <laughs> I mean, like, that's what we want. So that you have boiling in the pot. Is that Mothra? <laughs> Our queen? No. <laughs> Mothra. <laughs> we don't have to kill Glenn Close. Mecha Godzilla will. I don't know why we just recast that as Kathleen Turner, but because <laughs> we had Kathleen Turner on the brain. Hey. <laughs> oh my God, she did such a good job as Chandler's dad on Friends. I mean, like, <laughs> don't make fun of my voice. <laughs> I hope she's not listening. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that word. I want to watch that movie too. Coming soon. So we have a whole slew of trailers for you. Four of them. Four, four of them. slew. <laughs> I mean, in some circles, I guess. I guess we could have gone back and done our homework with some of those other things that are coming out in 2022, but 
I didn't see trailer links, so I just ignored it and just went with the ones we had in the document. That's right. Well, there haven't been a whole lot of trailers for some new movies, but we do have a couple, and a lot of them are coming out fairly quickly. Uh, one of them is already out now on Netflix, and that's <laughs> Archive 81. <laughs> <laughs> Staying ahead of the game as usual. Um, so yeah, You've already watched this, right? Yeah, I did. Uh, the weekend it came out, I guess... Because I, I had just finished watching Brand New Cherry Flavor, which you recommended, okay. and Netflix thought that I would also enjoy this show. Mm. So um, it's kind of about a man whose job is to, like, restore destroyed tapes, like videotapes. Yes. And he is um, trying to complete and restore this archive of a woman who is creating this sort of, like, student documentary about people who live in an apartment building. But, I mean, he's doing this because... This whole building burnt down, right? Yes, it's been burnt down, and they're trying to get to the bottom of why. Okay. So the show has got a little bit of Rosemary's Baby in it. It's got a little bit of... Star um, Trek. Yeah, a little bit of science <laughs> fiction thrown in there, a little paranormal activity going on. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a lot. Okay, well, you rated the first four episodes very well, and then the second yes. four episodes you kind of trash but i don't know we'll see some people are more into sci-fi than you that's true you know what i mean and i mean like the trailer is impressive looking and it has a good premise it does. right so i will say that if you've seen the trailer and you feel like it is something that you would enjoy definitely go and watch it next up we have a um, direct to streaming release on shutter in February called Hellbender. And this looks like um, a mom and daughter witch combo, artsy fartsy, folk horror, dark drama, folklore horror movie that I can't really parse a story out of. Yeah, I don't really know what's going on in this trailer except a girl eats a worm or drinks one, I guess, in some sort of shot game. And um, I think it, it, from what I can piece together, the mom has brought the witch into the folder she kind of brought herself her, like her her daughter yeah kind of into the folder she she got into it too, a little too early she's like some doors you can't once you've opened are hard to close and then she's like i'm not afraid of you later in the trailer and her daughter's like you will be and turns into a monster or something so i don't know this this really does look a little highfalutin for yeah. itself for the story it's trying to tell but time will only tell so I've read some reviews on this already of people who've seen it either online or on Letterboxd, and um, people have really good things to say about it. Oh, They're saying it's going to be like, like, don't miss it because it's going to end up being one of your favorite horror movies of 2022, you know? And I just don't see that based on the trailer. The trailer kind of looks ridiculous. So is it out now? It'll be out uh, mid-February. Okay. On, on Shutter. All right. So who are these people who have seen it? Journalists. Oh. I didn't realize journalists were watching Shutter exclusives. Well, horror journalists. Mm, why? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next trailer we watched is for a movie called Here Before. It's also coming out in February on VOD. And this stars Andrea Riceborough, who you will know from Possessor and that horrible, horrible grudge movie that we can't talk about anymore. Oh, yeah. No. And in this trailer, she is a woman who's suffering the loss of her daughter many years before and meets another young child who would have been about the same age of her daughter present day and believes that perhaps her daughter was reincarnated into this one. Yeah, I didn't know what the timeline is, like based on that trailer, whether her daughter would have been that same age or whether that was the same age her daughter was when she died. Yeah, I really can't tell either. So if it was like a reincarnation thing or a possession thing, we don't know. Or if the mother is just on crack. 
I, don't, I think all those things could be possible. You'd have to watch the movie. It's a VOD, so we know she's not on crack. Probably. <laughs> Why? I don't know. <laughs> Although it's I, never the crack. I do, it's always real. I do want to watch this movie. It seems like something that I would enjoy. Except for St. Maud. It's a <laughs> dark family drama. St. Maud's a good movie. Uh, and with like some possible supernatural things. Really, I just like to watch people go crazy in front of my face. Well, speaking I mean? of which, there's X coming to theaters in March. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, is like a horrible, fucked up horror movie. <laughs> you and I, I think, disagree on this particular trailer. No, I mean, I was literally quoting the policeman oh. in the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really want to fucking watch this movie so bad. It has everything I like in it. Murder, porn, I guess just those two things. And a good, I mean, it has a good cast. It's like a horror movie within a horror movie, right? Because they're trying to shoot a horror movie at this location, but there's real horror things going on while they're shooting it. Well, they're so shooting it's... a porno. Oh, I thought they were shooting, shooting like a horror movie. No, they're trying to secretly make a porno at this guy's house. Oh. Yeah. That's why it's called X. Right. I think so. Okay. I mean... The movie they're making is called like The Farmer's Daughter or something. I don't know. Okay. Either way, Ty West makes good movies, in my opinion. What else has he done? Uh, he did House of the Devil a couple of years ago, which is really good. He had a segment in VHS, which was excellent. Like he he's just a good movie, a good a good filmmaker. Have you House seen House of the, of the Devil? Devil? It has like I a retro vibe zombie to it. movie. No, no, that's the House of a Thousand Corpses. Right. This one's good. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You know what Somewhere we did? Somewhere, Moonfall Sherry is. <laughs> Moonfall Sherry. <laughs> what are we even doing with this shooting the flames episode? <laughs> this one's just for us. <laughs> Wait, what's her name? Sherry Moon, right? Sherry Moon. Okay. Sherry Moon's Moonfall on me. Sherry. <laughs> Moonfall Sherry is like a brand of liquor. I don't know. <laughs> You know what we didn't talk about when we were talking about 2022 is uh, Rob Zombie's fucking monster movies coming out this oh, year. God. I know. I just want to die. <laughs> <laughs> Starring Kathleen Turner. <laughs> As Herman. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about some of the things we've been watching. That's right. It's been a long time since we've had a flamers favorite section on shooting the flames. That's right. Because like we've just got off talking about all of these horror movies from 2021, but we have so many things to talk about from things that weren't necessarily 2021. And I think the first thing that we want to talk about at least briefly would be scream. That's right. So, um, you know, it's the first big horror movie this year. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, people were looking forward to this and talking about it online for so long. There was such an anticipation for this movie to come out and then we got to see it. And that was it. It was certainly a movie. (laughs) I mean, I really, Enjoyed the shit out of Scream. I had really high expectations with those guys that did um, Ready or Not. Ready or Not. And to see the Scream and to literally see, like, they already did the meta on meta commentary on Scream 2, I felt. Mm-hmm. And then everything has been a recycle since then, for the most part. I did like that they did something different with Scream 4. Okay. A little bit. Just a little bit, right? Uh, they just tried to take it a little bit new places. Uh, but this one is just like meta on meta on meta commentary as commentary uh, on the horror genre itself, which was fun. Um, but it literally did nothing new and it was kind of the point. It's like, I don't care if you hang a lantern on something like we're not we're literally doing nothing new. But 
that's not enough reason to not do anything new. You had the reins of this thing. You are competent storytellers and directors. Do something fucking new. I don't know that we necessarily need anything new. God damn it. (laughs) I mean, I think it's okay. It's so dependent. It's story. It's so dependent on the first one having happened. You know what I mean? Like it should have had its own legs and and it has absolutely no legs without the first movie. I feel the thing that sets this one apart is the fictional movie within a movie, right? I feel like they talk about that a lot more in this one than they do in any of the other sequels, right? The fact that Stab exists in that world. Yeah, they did that with the first and second. They've, they've, they've been mentioned. Obviously, the first scene in Scream 2 opens right. with the Stab opening. And they and they have Scream 3 is when they're making a Stab movie. But this one, there's like gobbledy gillions of sequels of stab right and then uh, another point of this like screen movie is like fanboy expectations or fangirl expectations right yeah and like retribution for you know poorly made sequels they wrote in criticism for their critics and i just like sure i get it but you have to be really good to do that you have to do something new to do that to deserve that and it didn't for me I will say that one of the... I still liked it. I still liked it quite a bit. I thought it was funny. Yeah. I certainly wasn't scared at all. No, no, no. It wasn't scary. But it was... sucks. It was It was funny. I mean, I think I jumped at a couple spots, too. I think the thing that really sold this movie for me was the cast. I really liked the characters. I liked the actors. I mean, they found a whole bunch of, like, hot young people. So what's not to like? But, um... I mean, there were some some sad moments in it too. You know, I feel like I feel like the movie really gave both the new cast members and the old cast members some room to shine a little bit. But I mean, the scariest thing really was Courtney Cox's face. The only thing that would make this one stick for me more is if they stuck with this new cast moving forward. And I hope they do, honestly. If they make another one, because so many people survived. Oh shit. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Well, I mean, you've seen that. Come on. Yeah. Uh, I don't know which new cast member survives. It doesn't matter. That's true. A handful, though. So, I mean, like, they have room to grow with this cast. So, do it. So, or just not make any more Scream movies. Either way, it's fine. So, that's enough about Scream. Yeah. I uh, also recently watched The Death of Stalin. What is that? (laughs) It's about the death of Stalin. (laughs) It's a dramedy, but it basically has... uh, Everything that happens in it happened literally. Like it is so funny through that lens, mm-hmm. but it also does it kind of reverently. So that you're not like making fun of what happened. You're still kind of dealing with like victims and, and things like that, um, kind of respectfully. But it's dealing with all of these these men kind of who surrounded Stalin in this grab for power, like fucking Steve Buscemi. <laughs> like, oh my God. And it, like, no, it's just really well cast, really, really well done. A lot of just a huge amount of dialogue in this movie. There's not much visual storytelling going on, but it's just from the outset, it's just dry, dark humor and it's just hilarious. And I love historical fiction and historical drama anyway. This is less fiction, (laughs) but it's still just really, really well done. Well, I like dry, dark humor and I like movies that are overly wordy. Yeah. So, I mean, you would like this. Probably. I've lot. never even heard of it until I saw you review it on Letterboxd. I just watched hundreds of horror movies, you know, and I was just kind Needed of a wanting a few islands here and there, and so, you know, there that was one of them. Okay. Well, well what did you rate it? I think I rated it at a 4. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, four, add it to my list. Maybe even 4 and a half, I'm not sure. Uh, one of the movies that I watched that technically was released in 2021, but made in the 70s, right? So I didn't want to put it on any of my like top tens or anything like that. Was the amusement park? Okay. And this is a movie that George Romero had made. It's sort of like a PSA about the elderly that um, 
like the Methodist church paid him to make. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, go make this, you know, movie for people to watch. So they'll feel bad about like the plight of the elderly. And of course, when you hire George A. Romero to make a movie, it's not going to be pleasant to watch, but it was super interesting and weird. And I, it just felt like a, a lost George Romero movie. And I feel a lot of things about that man. So I was happy to see this movie and I really, I really liked it. I don't think I'll ever watch it again, but if you're a fan of his, you should go watch it for sure. It's on shutter. It's like reefer madness, but with old people. Essentially. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like there's some really bizarre things happening in it, but, um, but it's interesting and it made me think. So okay. he did his job. Well, I watched an older, older than 2021, at least, uh, movie <laughs> called Under the Shadow. I think it was like 2018, 2019. No, 2016, right? And I, I believe it uh, takes place in Iran. Uh-huh. And it is super spooky and just really, really engrossing and interesting. I love the way they did like the the gin or the ghost in this uh, with like the clothing and, and stuff. It's really, really good. It's foreign language, obviously. Um but if anyone wants like a, a really taut, small cast, small location, interesting, really self-contained thriller, uh, ghost story, like this is good. Now, if y'all recall from January shooting the flames, uh, one of our patrons and listeners, Nicole, recommended this movie for us to watch. That's right, and went on my watch list, right? right. And so like, I, yeah, you know, under the shadow. Mm-hmm. And so it's still on my watch list. I, I I was trying to like catch all the 2021 horror movies I could. So I, I didn't quite get to that one yet, but it is on my list, Nicole, for sure. So, cause I know Chris has already spoken pretty highly of it and you did. So mm-hmm. sign me up. Um, aside from that, I, I watched a couple movies that are not horror, but could be considered horror adjacent, depending how you look at things. And one of those movies is Spencer starring, um, Oh my God, why can't I think of her name? Twilight Bitch. Yeah, starring Kristen Stewart <laughs> as uh, Princess Die, right? And this movie. Wait, what was her name? I know. Sorry. Princess Die. <laughs> Diana. Um, it sort of takes place over Christmas weekend, and you, you sort of like see Princess Diana like slowly going crazy, living with the royal family, with all the pressure of being a celebrity, right? And this movie makes a really like weird horror adjacent turn in some of its choices artistically. Interesting. Like the ghost of Anne Boleyn is in it. And there's a scene where Kristen Stewart is like fondling some pearls that were given to her by Prince Charles that he also gave to Camilla. So she rips them off, puts them in her soup and eats them. I mean, and all these are like these weird, like mental things that's happening in her own brain as she's slowly going crazy. Over yeah. I was going to say Anne Boleyn had a little bit more to fucking deal with. So, but, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, she was headless, right? The queen has no power to put someone to death these days, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but it was, it was a really, really good movie. And I think that Kristen Stewart's performance is probably one of the best things that I've seen all year long. Awesome. I feel like she deserves the Oscar when she wins it. Okay. And I mean, I wasn't expecting to like this movie as much as I did, but currently it's my favorite movie of 20, 2021. Wow. Yeah. Five stars. Totally. Really overall the horror movies too. Yes. I mean, more often than not, my favorite movie of most years is not a horror movie. You know what I mean? It just happens, but like Spencer is excellent. Well, you shall be stoned. I shall be stoned. (laughs) Maybe later. (laughs) Uh, Well, the only other thing I really wanted to talk about because everything else was kind of a rewatch 
kind of my sister's here to visit. And so I was showing her a bunch of things that she hadn't seen yet, like dread sunshine, the empty man relic. Mm -hmm. I really wanted her to see some of those. And she of course enjoyed all of them. Um, but we started a show that's been on my list for quite a while and that's called the terror. Oh yeah. Right. And this is an AMC show. Mm -hmm. It's kind of an anthology really. So like the first show is all about the terror, which is a full like 10 episodes or something. And then the second season, I think it's about Japanese internment camps and right. in the haunt and the hauntings there it even has George Takai in there. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so this is about the ships, the terror and, uh, the Erebus going to find uh, the Northwest Passage or trying to, right? The fabled Northwest Passage and how horrible that journey goes and what happens on it. And because basically every single person dies, right? Yeah. And they're, they can infer what happened from like little gravestones kind of earlier in the, you know, and cairns and stuff from the, earlier in their, their uh, adventure. And they literally get stuck in packed ice over two whole winters because it didn't ever thaw for that summer. Jesus. And they're stuck on those ships packed in the ice, just, you know, walking on the ice and trying to find different directions of where things could go and, and trying to, to have food. And meanwhile, they've had this new innovation of cans, canned food. Right. But of course this is early canned food. And so the, the way they had sealed those cans is with um, lead and oh, so they're Jesus. suffering from scurvy and lead poisoning, and they're also suffering from, uh, well, being hunted by a demonic bear. <laughs> I mean, so like, yeah, there's all these things um, that we can infer from like diaries and from um, like, well, the buried bodies and uh, some of the things that the Eskimos had said and reported on when people came back to like investigate what had happened. And even Charles Dickens was involved with their rescue. And like, it's a whole story. It's just a brilliant and all of it's fucking true, except for it's trying to tell the story from the perspective of these people and what they believed at the time. And also the Eskimo and, and everything else. And so from their perspective, having gone crazy and things like that, is this bear actually a polar bear or is it something more? Is it something demonic or supernatural that is hunting them? and you never really truly given the answer to that but you're kind of see through their eyes how terrifying that is and how terrifying it is to just to try and survive in the ice for that long back then and it's just super fascinating it's super well acted but uh it's really really well done and i cannot recommend it enough i thought the terror was amazing i mean it's been on my list for a long time i mean i have another friend who really enjoyed that that season and much like the original Exorcist TV show, right? I recorded all of it onto a DVR and just never watched it. You know what I mean? But I really do want to watch the terror because I, I wanted to watch it when it was on TV. So yeah, it just like I, slipped through the cracks. It's gotten really, really good reviews. The second season is also well-reviewed, but not quite as highly. So I don't know. I might just give the second one a chance, even though I know they never continued the series. No. This technically is called The Terror. And then they called the second season The Terror Infamy, even though... It's at an internment camp somewhere else in time, obviously, like 100 years later. So it's anthology. Yeah, it's anthology, but I guess it didn't have legs after that because they should have just named it or, or had a different thing. It was like American Horror Story is a little more generalized, yes. you know, mm -hmm. where they can kind of put the subtitle in there. But the terror was the terror, you know. So I was like, why they call their ships the terror in Erebus? We'll never, you know. I mean, it seems <laughs> I'll like. I'll never know. It seems like not good names for a ship. It's like, what I mean, are names? I mean, why don't you just call it Harbinger? I might mean... as well call it Lost in Ice Forever. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what was the second ship's name? Everyone's going to die. <laughs> Choose your ship, either the Terror or Scurvy. 
I do want to mention one more movie. It's not a horror movie, but we recently talked about the movie Annihilation on a deep dive episode, and we were talking about Tessa Thompson, and I mentioned that I wanted to watch something called Passing that she was in. This is a Netflix film where she was getting some Oscar buzz, and it is very, very good. I rated this five stars. It's a hard watch. Um, but it's it's an incredible movie uh, full of really it's a really good acting showcase for both her and Ruth Nega. Uh, Ruth Nega playing a woman who sort of is passing as white. She's an African-American married to a white man and lives a life as a white woman. Right. And this movie was directed by Rebecca Hall, someone who we just talked about her performance from The Night House. And it was just a really, really good film and a really good way to sit down and watch these two actresses just like act the shit out of everything is that her directorial debut i don't know i mean i don't know if she did anything else but she certainly just really made a fantastic movie i had no idea i mean it's shot in black and white for obvious artistic reasons and story reasons but it's it's really pretty to look at the acting is phenomenal the story is phenomenal it's based on a novel that i've never heard of but i mean like quite i remember the trailer in black and white it, it, I mean, it's a black and white movie, but Interesting. It was, it was, okay. it's a really, really good film. I, I cannot, I mean, between that and Spencer, like passing is probably my number two favorite movie of last year, both five stars, both easily accessible. Now go and watch them. I mean, we, we watch, we watch and talk about a lot of horror movies, but I mean, sometimes some of these movies that are not horror related are just excellent. So do it, do yourself a favor. Well, I think that just about wraps up our Shooting the Flames for February. As always, guys, we're looking forward to your questions and comments. You can leave all of those over on social media at the Film Flamers on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can email us at tiredqueens at filmflamers.com or you can call our hotline at 972-666-7733. Deck my Rebecca Hall. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was gonna do some sort of like fucking Kathleen Turner joke, but I think I'm out of Kathleen Turner jokes. Please, no one walk up to Rebecca Hall and punch her in the face. No, do not decorate her with anything. Leave her alone. <laughs> uh, we have a lot of content for you in February. We like to talk about romantic movies, so obviously, we're talking about Hellraiser. That's right. And Hellraiser 2. That's right. (laughs) So stay tuned for that. And we will probably be talking about something Hellraiser related over on Patreon. So head over to patreon.com slash the film flamers and join our family and look forward to that bonus episode. All right, Chris, let's uh, meander off into the night. Raise some hell. Let's have some sweet Sweet dreams. dreams. I don't know. I feel like I feel like I need to write Kathleen Turner a letter of apology for everything that we said about her tonight. <laughs> no, no, not really. And Rebecca Hall. And Rebecca Hall mostly. <laughs> mostly. <laughs> <laughs>